KUT's AT Explained is back with a brand new season. Our first episode, what's up with that tower in Clarksville? I've heard it called the Clarksville Eiffel Tower, the tower, the leaning tower of Clarksville, all those names. Subscribe to AT Explained wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our next AT Explained live show at the Paramount Theater on April 3rd. Brand new stories told live on stage. Get your tickets at austintheater.org. Support for AT Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing from Austin singer and songwriter Allie Holder. But before we get started, I want to let you know that if you live in Austin, Texas, then KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, well, we've got some pretty cool shows for you in July. We are hosting a series called Back to the Garden, and it will be at Threadgill's World Headquarters every Friday in July from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The first Friday, July 6th, we'll have Kevin Russell, a.k.a. Shiny Ribs, and Austin R&B singer Alessia Lani. Friday the 13th, Erica Winterstrom from the Heartless Bastards will be there, along with Jeff Plankenhorn. It should be really cool. And if you live in Austin, you should totally come join us. Hey, if you don't live in Austin, you should still come. Make a trip out of it. It's going to be a blast. Speaking of Austin, our next artist, Allie Holder, is an Austin-based singer and songwriter. She blends folk and indie rock and country into this beautiful, often ethereal-sounding, emotionally-centered music. And she is, right now, in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign for her next record. She's raising money to cover the costs of recording, some of the costs of paying her band, and the cost of the Indiegogo rewards. And she wants this next record to explore the uncomfortable truths that don't often get talked about or get songs written about. She's got some cool rewards, apart from the regular like download of the record and a t-shirt, you could also get a tarot reading, or you could get to co-write with Allie. It's pretty cool. Now, I've known Allie for a long time. This is Austin, after all. And I thought when I was getting ready to talk to her that I had an idea of the kind of song that she would pick, like maybe something folky, maybe something by a woman. But the song she chose... It was neither of these. The song that I chose was uh, Wake Up, Arcade Fire, which is interesting because I don't really listen to Arcade Fire. Um, but this song, like, was a life-changing song for me. song I would just play on repeat over and over again. I don't know what it was about it. I think because I listen to mostly like folk music, it's like a lot louder and lots of screaming in it. And I just like how it builds too. It kind of gets like 
bigger and bigger, and then it just like explodes at one point. He starts screaming during the song. I just love that. <laughs> it's like a good release of emotions. It feels like if the song were to be encapsulated in a feeling, like that's exactly what it is, just like rising and rising until you just burst. I was born with hepatitis C, and I didn't realize I had it until I was about 21. And then when I was 23, I moved back home to go through treatments once my school was up. And so I basically just like lived at home for nine or 10 months while I went through those treatments. And they're like, it's interferon or ribavirin, which is kind of like a mixture of like chemotherapy and AIDS treatment. And between those two, like it kills the virus which now they can totally eradicate it. But back then it was just, I mean, 2009 was only, what, nine years ago. Um, it just made the virus dormant. So I was living at home, like, going through those treatments, which were, like, horrendous. And they kind of, they destroy your body. They destroy, like, kind of, they kind of shifted my brain chemistry almost in a way that I'm kind of, like, a different personality than I was back then. I don't know, it's a pretty intense drug. Like, I can't, I, I picture my brain is like all these neural pathways. And I feel like after that, some just started crossing in a different way than they did before. I don't know, like it kind of shuts you down emotionally in a way that like, I'm already from a family that's, they're loving and wonderful. And I was, was raised very well, I can't complain, but we were, we did not talk about emotions. We didn't really express feelings. There wasn't really like a place for that. And so when I heard this song, I think I was just able to be like, oh, this is like a great channel for releasing he talks about like throw your mistakes up. Hold well, and it's interesting to me that you're not the first person who's brought this up about how sometimes certain songs like we use them yeah to process emotion yeah. like why why do you listen to a song on repeat why do we fall down holes with songs and it's yeah. because sometimes they're a shortcut into emotion yeah and they let us kind of go there and feel that thing and sometimes we just need to keep feeling it and yeah. feeling it until we and then we can like stop feeling it when we want to by turning it off <laughs> which i think is important <laughs> <laughs> that's something that no one's ever brought up actually how like you can it's like an on-off switch for emotion. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember, like, jumping and crying and just, like, feeling that song. <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting times. music at the time yeah I mean I've always played music um but not like to the degree I am now but yeah I was still writing songs and singing and playing out and I think like I mean in Wichita Falls there's not really a lot to play at this like one bar let me play there once a week for like 40 bucks and it was kind of like my 
was like the thing I did to get me out of the house. So that was one thing that definitely kept me sane was getting to play all my songs. Did you did you spend a lot of time alone? I mean, because if you're feeling terrible all the time, you're not probably... I did, Except yeah. for maybe once a week. Yeah, I really did. Like, I would get these bursts of energy, and then I would just, like, crash. And I would basically just go to this garage apartment that I was half living in and blare this Arcade Fire song. And I would just paint for hours and just dance. And I don't know, I was, I was working through... Working through all my demons, I guess. I was a heavy drinker for a long time. So, like, for, you know, probably six or seven years before all of that, before I went through all that treatment. And so, and I had to be completely sober during that time. And um, I think that was also, like, that was how I dealt with my feelings was drinking. To not have that crutch, to just, like, have to feel my feelings while going through all this stuff, I think lends a song to that explosive, like, pre-therapy. I didn't start going to therapy until, like... (laughs) I don't know, I went to grad school at UT, and they had, like, a free therapy program. But now, like, with a therapy lens, I'm like, oh, I just didn't have a way to, like, process or cope. Can you pinpoint how you became different, like, mentally? I mean, you said you kind of think of yourself as a different person from before. Yeah, I guess I feel like I think I'm a lot more aware as a person. Uh, I feel like there was a, a lack of awareness I had before that, and I think when you're put in kind of like a... I mean, health issues are traumatic as it is, but I think when you're, like, young and I had never really gone through anything like that before, so I think it just kind of really shifted my awareness on, like, oh, I'm not invincible and I'm not, (laughs) I don't know, I I could not live forever. I mean, it was kind of like, take these treatments and you'll have another chance at living. Like, you'll live past 40, don't take these treatments and um, die before you're 40. I really just resonated with that song because it was all about like kids feeling their emotions and like now when I teach kids I'm like if they need an outlet for anger I want them to have it like not if it's directed towards someone else obviously but they need to like go in the corner and like stomp and scream like I would much rather them do that I remember as a kid not knowing how to like express anger because I wasn't really allowed to but then I was also not supposed to have those feelings so it's kind of like, how do you how do you get that out without you can't win? <laughs> that was actually like a, a part of that song that really struck me. Like as a parent, the first verse of that song says, and they told me not to cry. Yeah. Told me not to cry. I mean, as I just like in a moment I was like made me rethink all of my parenting right? it yeah. really got me I, know, I mean me too so when you were a kid though there was just no room for yeah. emotion I mean they were just very I mean like the sweetest like church going people but we never really like talked frankly about things we never really discussed our feelings like I never really saw them express anything other than just neutral you know so I felt as if I like I'm in hindsight I'm thinking I guess that's like the, since that was the model I had that was what I picked up on was, oh, we have to, like, be even-keeled. But I remember as a kid, like, screaming into my pillow or, like, hitting my... I had, like, a four-poster bed. Just, I would be angry for no reason. I didn't know why I was angry. I'm sure if I would have, like, delved into that as a kid or had that (laughs) awareness to be able to do that, I would figure it out. But 
But you were attracted to art. You were attracted to yeah. visual art and also to music. Now I'm drinking double for all the pain that I've caused him. Now I'm drinking double for all the pain it's caused me to. Was that like you finding a place where you could go yeah. to express emotion? I think so. I mean, from a, I started writing songs when I was like 14. And I remember I would write about all these things that maybe I haven't even experienced yet, but that were like these really deep, intense emotions. And so, yeah, absolutely. Artwork didn't really become like a cathartic thing for me until probably I was in college and I had more resources and tools and, you know, but um, yeah, music's definitely always been an outlet for just expressing my feelings and now all my music is is like super expressive it's like I can't even write just like a normal song it's like all my feelings just come tumbling out <laughs> I don't know if that's ideal I have a hunger inside of me soft and frightening twisting and piercing hollow in me And this is Death Reborn from Allie Holder's last EP, Huntress Moon. And I love the idea that her work now, like it's just all emotion because really, what is music anyway? It's like emotion you can hear, right? And I can't wait to see what her next record, the one that she's raising money for, where she explores uncomfortable truths. Like, I can't wait to see what it's like. I'll post a link to her Indiegogo campaign on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org because I know you probably want to check it out. And if you are in Austin, you are in luck because Allie Holder will actually be at Spider House Ballroom tonight, Wednesday, June 27th. If you live other places in Texas, you're also in luck. She'll be touring around Texas in late June and early July, and I will post a link to those tour dates on the show notes page for this episode. And I'll also have a link to Allie's My KUTX guest DJ set, where she plays the songs that she loves for you. Art Levy, who produces this song, also produces My KUTX, and it's always a good listen. You should totally check it out. And as always, I will have a Spotify playlist on the show notes page where you can listen to all the songs we referenced here all the way through. And that's it. You've come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was edited by Nadia Hamdan and produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own hard proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.
KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.